This is the Rich Eisen Show. Kendrick Perkins, what do you see when you look at the Bucks? I see a dumb team. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And I say that respectfully. They're missing the IQ. Savage, man. The Rich Eisen Show. When Giannis makes a jump shot, watch the Brooklyn Nets spin. Earlier on the show, three-time NBA champion B.J. Armstrong, Titans head coach Mike Vrabel, host of the Right Time Podcast, Bomani Jones. Coming up, MLB insider Jeff Passan. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Phil Mickelson going through his opening round of the only major he has not won. The defending PGA champion is on the course at Torrey Pines in his native San Diego. Chris Brockman, where where does Phil Mickelson stand before we get to our friend Jeff Passan from ESPN to talk some baseball and more? Yeah, Phil's kind of struggling so far, guys. He's plus two through five holes. Okay, so he started off the back, and he's already halfway through the backside, and he is um, two over. Two under is the lead, so four back is not terribly bad. six guys at two under right now, including Xander Shoffway and Matt Fitzpatrick. Okay, very good. Um, We'll keep an eye on that throughout the uh, third hour of this show. B.J. Armstrong, Mike Vrabel of the Titans, Bomani Jones already been on. If you missed any of it, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. You can find all of our archived materials there as well. Uh, We have not spoken to the man yet this season. He was uh, He's uh, one of our favorites from the worldwide leader in sports, baseball insider, senior insider. I'll just keep it. You're an executive vice president of insider information uh, from ESPN, Jeff Passan. How are you, Jeff? I, I think uh, the last time I played Tory Pines was my wedding weekend almost 15 years ago, and I'm oh. pretty sure I was two over after the first hole. Okay. So I think Phil's doing great. Excellent. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. Uh, did you use any um, any pine tar to improve the grip on your clubs that day, Jeff? Or <laughs> I, no? You know, if I used pine tar or spider tack or anything, I would still be absolutely awful. So uh, I, I did not need to use foreign substances to suck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into, I don't know where to get into this. Um, let's, let's start with where we are now before we get into the why we, why we are now here. Where are we now on this subject matter with baseball and its pitchers and hitters who are on various sides of this subject? I, you know, sometimes, Rich, I like uh, contextualizing things not by looking backward, but by looking forward. Okay. And we are we are four days away uh, from one of the most interesting days I've had in almost 20 years I've been covering baseball, which is the day that foreign substance uh, enforcement is going to begin. You have to remember, baseball has not suspended a player for foreign substances in more than six years. And all of a sudden we may have a rash of suspensions coming down because umpires are going to be like TSA agents, checking guys for things between innings, practically running them through sticky substance detectors and trying to figure out on the fly something that baseball for the longest time has just accepted as normal. And it's a sea change, and it's fascinating because there are great points, I think, on all sides. Um, Major League Baseball says we don't want people to cheat. That's a reasonable thing to say. I get it, and and I like that idea. But Major League Baseball also has allowed cheating to proliferate to the 
point where it got so excessive that uh, they felt like they had to do something about it. Players, on the other hand, say, yeah, you know, we don't want people to cheat either, but the balls, we feel like after having thrown them with sticky stuff on our hands for as long as we have, it's going to be a really difficult thing to do. And yeah, it is. Like, you know, a tiger can't sit there and wish its stripes away. And, and players, similarly, can't sit there and say, after years of doing something a particular way, that changing is going to be easy or reasonable or good. So there, there are a lot of dynamics at play here. And the intersection of them all makes for a really fascinating, rich story. So let's get into, I guess, what's going to happen four days from now. Uh, like literally when a pitcher comes into a game, warms up, finishes the inning, the umpire already probably knows what this scouting report from Central Baseball is on this particular pitcher, right? Yep. And then that particular pitcher strolls off the mound. What happens if they feel like this guy actually did something that coming into the game they were suspecting of him of? What happens? Like, how does yeah, this work? It, you know, it's, I, I don't even know if it's – uh, suspecting necessarily. I mean, the starting pitchers are going to get checked at least twice. That's what the the rule says. And relief pitchers are going to get checked as well uh, in after the inning they first throw. So umpires, uh, you know, home plate umpire, every inning is going to walk over to the dugout and is going to look at the belt, going to look at the pants, going to look at the hands, going to look at the jersey, going to look at the hat, going to look at all these different things. I, I mean, one guy I'm really interested to see is Craig Kimbrell. Um, uh, Craig Kimbrell's hat is one of the most disgusting things on earth. Like, I would not want to be anywhere near that. It's just got this big, gross splotch right in the middle of the brim. And I'll be curious to see if Craig Kimbrell comes out with a brand new, fresh hat that doesn't have anything in there. And, and by the way, I am not trying to single out Craig Kimbrell here. I want to make it clear that a vast majority of pitchers in baseball use something to get grip on the ball. And that's part of the issue here. I, I think the, the reason that it's blowing up the way that it is, beyond the fact that it is against the letter of the law, um, is is the just how widespread it really is. I mean, there are a lot of guys, Rich, who are using something. And, uh, you know, considering you have a rule on the book saying that that's wrong, uh, boy, it, it just makes for uh, an interesting situation. Um, and, and you don't know how different umpires are going to enforce it. Are there going to be some guys who are real sticklers? Are there going to be some guys who say, eh, that doesn't look like too much sticky stuff. You can go out and do it. Like, what's the line? It's a very arbitrary thing. And in the arbitrariness of it, makes me wonder whether some umpires are going to get the reputation as guys who will allow a little bit of leeway, whereas others uh, are are simply not going to. What a hot mess, Jeff. I mean, because, you know, there's there's no other way to put it a hot mess because it it will be just because there are, you know, 30 clubs, 15 games a day, right? And, Mm -hmm. and, And 15 different umpiring units. And thus, there will be what appears to be different applications of the enforcement by nature, that there's 15 different ones, and it will come across potentially as arbitrary and capricious, and baseball can see that coming down the pike. There's no question about that. And so the the question I have about that is, why won't they head it off at the pass by sitting down, 
and coming mm-hmm. up with a substance that everybody agrees is copacetic. Put it on the mound for everyone to see and forget about it. Set it and forget That's it. Why Why can't That's that be done? Why can't that be done in the next 90 hours? I mean, Garrett Cole last night, Jeff, pleaded for baseball to listen to it. So we know you have the hammer. So what? What? Why, why can't that be done with a bunch of smart people who know this is the last thing anybody wants? Everybody. So, so I think there are a few things here. Let, let's start with the substance itself. What is proper, what is right, what is good, what is not cheating but is sticky. It's almost like you're looking for this mystery substance, Rich, that does not exist. Because let's go back to why this has become a problem in the first place. Pitchers started understanding how important spin was. Organizations started emphasizing spin. And I'm sorry, but naturally getting more spin out of your pitches you know, multiple hundreds of revolutions per minute is almost a near impossibility. Like you gain spin as you gain velocity typically, but you know, there's a finite amount of velocity left in your arm before it's going to explode because you're taxing it too much. And so uh, pitchers started understanding, hold on a second. If I use an extremely sticky substance, uh, the, the one thing that affects spin the most is friction. And that's why they are using stuff like spider tack, which is made by a strong man in order to hold 300-pound atlas stones um, as opposed to five-ounce baseballs. Uh, They're using it because it works. And so Major League Baseball doesn't want to go out there and put something on the mound that helps players essentially cheat. And yet by treating spider tack the same way that they are pine tar or, or a combination of sunscreen and rosin, uh, they're they're essentially saying that those are the same, whereas at the same time they're trying and have been trying to develop some kind of substance that could be universally used. It, it's it's silly and it's illogical to go cold turkey when the league is trying to do something that would not be cold turkey. And so I, I've said from the beginning, either put a, a thing of sunscreen out on the mound and allow umpires to watch players apply it or put a pine tar rag out on the mound and allow umpires to watch players dab at it. Like there are solutions and there should be, but a big part of the problem here, Rich, is that the sides just don't get along and haven't sat down with one another to talk about this. And because of that, unfortunately, we end up with this situation. Jeff, I've been saying over the last two days for sure that when I heard what Glassnow had to say and what Cole had to say over the last two days, I'm not sitting here and focused on the, the sticky stuff. I'm saying when you've got hitters saying central baseball is not protecting us because they're letting these pitchers do all this stuff with the baseball. And then there's other hitters saying central baseball is not protecting us because they're taking that stuff away from the pitchers and they're going to hit us in the face. And then you got pitchers saying central baseball is not protecting us because they're making me go cold turkey and now I've got a rehab hoping to get back my career in order for the playoffs. All of them basically saying central baseball is not protecting us. And what Cole had to say was, we know you've got the hammer. Talk to us. I'm sitting here saying they got a collective bargaining agreement to figure this thing out. There's no way the hell they're going to get this done when there's billions on the table and they don't trust each other even figure this thing out. Uh, You know, that's my real concern that this is just the latest symptom 
another symptom was last year where they couldn't figure out what the schedule was going to be during the pandemic and damn near had a lockout almost. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I'm, I'm... No, no. All, right? Listen, all of that is, is right. What has happened here is a function of a relationship that's broken. Mm. And they don't trust each other. And they think that both sides are operating in bad faith. And it becomes, unfortunately, a really problematic thing when you have something like this that should have a solution, right? Like, there should be a solution to yeah. this. A reasonable solution, a compromise, but there isn't. A physical solution that you could put on a baseball. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I why, why did baseball not deal with this in, in the, uh, in the off season? Well, I mean, you could see this coming down the pike, right? Uh, yeah. Or the I fact think that, I, I, like, I will what say, happened? I will say this. How if, are we here? I know you want to look yeah, forward, want, but I mean, looking back is definitely why we're here. No, no, no. Too. Looking, no. I just wanted to look forward for what's fascinating coming up. Looking right. back is 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 important. It's imperative to have context for this. And and I think when you're looking back, uh, the the fault that you can place on Major League Baseball and, and the teams in front offices as well is twofold. Uh, number one, it's uh, both tacitly um, and explicitly encouraging players to use this sort of thing. I mean, there are some organizations that hired chemists to go out and make, like, really good sticky stuff. Um, and, and the idea that organizations are going to pitchers and saying, spin, 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 velo, 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 uh, as opposed to, hey, let's control and command the baseball, like, that shows you where the game has gone and a big reason why you see all the strikeouts you do these days and why the pace of the game has slowed down to a snails uh, is is because of this, um, but Major League Baseball's known about this for a long time, and for a while, MLB listened to the players and and the hitters especially were saying, "Hey, we want these guys to have substances because they feel like they can control the ball better that way." And there is an element of truth to that. It was just the "give us an inch and we'll take a mile," or "give us an inch and we'll take a marathon." That's what happened here. You know, baseball made this okay. And because something <laughs> like sunscreen rosin or pine tar, which has been used for decades, was deemed okay, other pitchers said, well, if that's okay, then what can really juice our spin and make us even better? And teams were hiring chemists? Jeff, did yeah. I hear that right? Like, literally, there's a scientific wing of a certain Major League Baseball club or clubs to figure out what's the best substance to put on a glove or a hat or a belt or inside here, inside there. I mean, I, I mean, mean, Rich, this has been this really? has been this is nothing new. Um, there, you know, there, there's a I don't know if it's apocryphal. I don't believe it is story uh, of a pitcher who will combine. Um, it's called a Moda stick, um, which is a pine tar stick that pitchers use or that batters use and. You see them rubbing it on uh, on the uh, handle of their bats. Um, it's it's a motor stick, uh, liquid pine tar, uh, and Coca Cola, and they put it inside of a Coke can and use a lighter underneath and melt it. I mean, it's it's like drugs, <laughs> and the stuff hardens up. And this is the substance of choice uh, for for a number of guys. Um, there was uh, a former clubhouse attendant for the Los Angeles Angels named Brian Harkins. And 
Uh, everyone called him Bubba. And Bubba had some of the best stuff in the league. And, you know, he ended up getting fired last year because of this and because MLB had sent out a memo saying, hey, if any uh, club employees are known to be aiding and abetting in this, they're going to be held responsible. Well, he sued the, the Angels in Major League Baseball, and in his lawsuit, he named Garrett Cole and gave text messages. He named Max Scherzer. He named Justin Verlander. He named Adam Wainwright. You know, he... He dimed on a bunch of guys, and those aren't small names that I'm saying they're rich. Like, those are guys who uh, are, are among the elite in the game. And yeah, I don't sit here and, and question their accomplishments or uh, their ability to be great baseball players, but uh, there, there is a, you know, there's a, there's a continuum on which you look at the actions of guys and what they're doing. And uh, this certainly is not on the side of the continuum where you think a guy like Ken Griffey Jr. was clean in an era where there were, you know, rampant PEDs. Like you have to look at pitchers a little bit differently and their accomplishments a little bit differently because of it. And we'll always sit there and wonder, uh, you know, how good would this guy have been otherwise? I don't know if it's just the, the century we live in, Jeff. Um, but you know, we had Rod Carew on last show and I asked him about this very subject and he was talking about, he told, he tells Gaylord Perry, you know, back in the day, you know, keep putting on whatever you want to put on the ball, just hit the dry side of it. Like, you know, and, and we laugh like that's ha ha. That's when baseball was great. And maybe this is just this different version of that or, or that is at least, Whatever the hell he was putting on, it's not like, you know, weapons-grade material that a team is tasking no, a chemist I mean, to find, you know? This, this goes back, Rich, this goes back a century. Remember, the spitball was outlawed in 2000, or in 1920, rather. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, loading up the ball has been going back a long time. It's a little different uh, in, in Gaylord wow. Perry's era, because Gaylord Perry was, you know, he was a sinker baller. He was putting wet stuff on the ball as opposed to sticky stuff, he was trying to get less spin on it. Because with sinkers, the less spin you have, the more the ball dives. Now, baseball's become a four-seam fastball and breaking ball game. And the more spin you can get on your four-seam fastball, the higher it stays in the zone. So, you know, the less effect gravity has on it. Mm. And the, the more spin you get on your breaking balls, the more they move. So, it, it's it's the same thing, it's just a different era. And Cheating, like I, I think that's what we take away from this. Cheating is just such a part of baseball, and and we've seen a lot of it these last few years. Before I let you go, Jeff, what what can you tell me about Degrom? Anything? What's going on with him in the Mets? I mean, what? Well, a, what a you know, stud. it was. Let's put it this way: nobody knows Jacob Degrom's body better than Jacob Degrom, and the fact that after the game last night, he was talking about how he doesn't feel like this is that big of a deal, uh, leads me to believe that he's going to be okay. But I'm just wondering what's next. Like, is it going to be like his coccyx? Is it going to be <laughs> like his appendix? I, I, I mean, he's had a shoulder, an elbow, uh, a, a lat, back. Lat, and, a lat. And, I mean, like, it's been, it's been a lot this year. And if, you know, I, I just don't want Jacob deGrom's body to pay the price for our collective joy. Because man, it's so much fun to watch him pitch. Like he's just the the closest facsimile I have. I was not covering baseball. You know, I was in college during this time. But 
like 97, 98, 99, 2000 Pedro Martinez. I mean, it was, he was just so much better than everyone else and so dominant. Every time he went out there, it was like, how are these guys going to hit him? And that's what Jacob DeGrom's been. I say like, three innings, eight punch outs. Perfect. And, uh, you know, the, the body, unfortunately, Rich, is just a, a fragile thing, whether you are a, a superhero like Jacob DeGrom or a guy who's running a 5840. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate, I assume you're referring to my 40, and I appreciate you shaving a couple tenths of a second off, Jeff. You know, but I just need to. Rich, Rich, it is it is your show, and if I have to lie to make you look better, then I'm going to do that. Every <laughs> it's okay, Jeff. It's okay. Uh, I'm just running cold turkey. I used to have spider tack on it. That's why I ran slower. <laughs> You know, I'm just running cold turkey. Thanks for the call, Jeff. You are the best. Let's do this again soon. Call anytime, buddy. Take care. That's Jeff Passan. At Jeff Passan, I, I follow him. You should, too. Oh, man. I don't even know what to say. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. There is, in fact, you just got in my ears. We hung up the phone. There is, in fact, Jacob DeGrom news. Matt LaFleur has spoken about Aaron Rodgers one last time. Yes. Before breaking for the summer, we're back from the break in a moment. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The movie uh, title, True or False, As Good As It Gets, was originally called Old Friends. Is that a true story? 
Is that a true story? That is true. That is celebrity bitch. true? That is celebrity that is true celebrity. or false? It was, uh, it was called Old Friends. In fact, um, I passed out on that as gifts, uh, little um, uh, frames yes. of my dog Ver- uh, uh, Verdell. Six little Verdells, darling little dogs. Yes. Uh, when they're not crapping in your trailer. Right. And it said Old Friends <laughs> on it. So that's a collector's <laughs> item right there. Next one. When Sidney Pollack called you to cast you in Sabrina, you thought it was a prank call. Is that a true story? Kind of not. I, I think that's kind of been slightly. Okay, uh, so that is now you know, celebrity false. That but, is celebrity false. But that is, that must have been. I mean, I didn't think it was a prank call. It wasn't like, oh, you know, you're not Sidney Pollock. Stop it. I mean, I, I did get a call from my agent saying, uh, you know, Sidney wanted to uh, to meet with me. And uh, and I was deeply surprised, uh, but I, I, I didn't think uh, See, my agent was messing with an me. An all-time great Sidney Pollock. I mean, One of the greats, I mean, absolutely. I mean, oh pretty gosh. much every movie, even him acting in every single, he's amazing. Every performance he is in is spot on. Uh, my favorite being Tootsie, where he oh, plays yeah. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yes. You're a tomato! The agent. Um, spent seven years living in Greece as a teenager. Is that a true story? Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. That is true. I went to high school. I graduated high school there. My dad was with the American embassy when I was a kid. Uh, we were actually in Beirut, Lebanon, uh, and the war got evacuated from, uh, from Beirut to, uh, Athens, Greece. And my dad got reassigned to the embassy there and was there for actually six years, not seven. No kidding. So are you fluent in Greek? Are you? Uh, Was that, what, what did you just say? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell you. No, I, I said I speak a little Greek, but, uh, okay. you know, I, we, I, my wife and I took our kids over there a few years ago, and uh, I, I, I definitely got yelled at by a few people when I was in, you know, trying to overextend my command of the language, but I could get around. Well, you know, if it, it doesn't ma- if it has nothing to do with Giannis these days, as sport, at Ted Acumpo, we we have no idea as a sports wh- about whether you were talking Greek or not, unless we don't hear that name. Can you... I don't know what you're talking about. You don't right even now. know right now what I'm talking well, about. What, what do you Gian- mean? Giannis, the, the, uh, the NBA player. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Giannis, that's John, as you know. John, Giannis <laughs> is John, just so you know. Actually, I did not know that. Yeah, Giannis, Giorgos so, is George. Giannis is John. So he's John Atenacumpo? That's is right. That that's right. I had no idea. So if we, I, I don't if, think you're telling the truth. I swear I am. Yeah, for sure, Yannis. Absolutely. So should I just call He's him Johnny really A from now on? From now yeah, on, you can. Johnny A, my guy from the Bucks, Johnny A. I'm like a Wikipedia page for you. you are, I, I mean, how have you guys survived on the show all these years without me? <laughs> well, I just gotta. We gotta get you on more. Happy 58th birthday to Greg. Oh Peter. wow. All right, we're back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Let's take uh, this phone call before we set our ducks in a row with uh, with some news on Jacob deGrom and what's going on with his shoulder. Terzo in Iowa, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Counselor? Counselor. You there, Terzo? Oh, no. Terzo. He's literally Terzo. been, holding, he's literally been oh, holding for two gosh. hours. I put him back hold on, on hold. Said, Well, put him on hold. Better call Terzo. <laughs> <laughs> He's working with, uh, <laughs> with Cedar, Cedar Rapids finest. What's going on with Degrom, uh, Christopher? Yeah, don't give me no bad news, right, Brockman. Phil's Phil's teeing off right yeah, now. It looks right. like he's, he's going to be stuff. It's okay. in the Look at rough you. again. No, no, he's All okay. Right. 
He's all right. He's not bad. He's okay. Hey, he's, Chris. He's, that looks short stuff to okay, me. Okay, you're right. Chris. That's short stuff. Though. Tell me something good. Yeah, that, all right, so tell TJ, me what's, look, what, what's going on about DeGrom. Don't, don't turn into Roger Maltby shot by shot right here. I know okay? it's been a rough week for TJ. Losing everybody, TJ baby. TJ sports teams. Not really. Last night was the greatest Clippers victory in the history of the Los Angeles Clippers. And you Clippers. know what? Yeah, I want to ask you about that. Yeah. Are you more happy that the Clippers miraculously won, or are you more pissed about how the Sixers blew it. Yeah. These it, are things that happen when you are, are a fan of two teams. I, I can't stand you. Um, you don't like my air quotes when like, I say What is fan. greater, your your pissed offness at the Sixers yeah. or, or your, your elation for... Yes. That is very interesting because, you know, I'm sitting there watching, you know, and I had the Mets game on, I had the Sixers game on, so I'm feeling great, and I'm feeling great, and then the Grom goes out, and I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't so good. But then the Mets ended up winning... And you're watching the Sixer game, and it is just like, what is happening? So it's like... He's avoiding the question, He's really avoiding the question. Like, just give me an answer. I don't really have you an answer. You can't handle the truth. It's, it was anger, and then it was like... But like I told you yesterday, I believed, and I told you after the show, I said to you, watch, this is a game that the Clippers are going to end up winning. And they ended up winning. So Let me just... Can I... Can I uh, Rich, answer the uh, question, please, Chris? Rich, can I can I can I tell you my observation? As you know, I observe for a living. <laughs> yes, I, I observe. Sometimes I opine. Uh, opine. I place things in perspective. That's what I do professionally. Gravitas. I'm, 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 I'm a nuance. professional. I am a professional perspective placer. Okay. okay? <laughs> That's what I do professionally. Yes. And many things. I, I do a lot of things professionally. Well, He's going to be so upset with my take on this. He's going to be so upset. I'm giving you the front. I can't even look at him. So do me a favor. You tell me how he's handling. Okay. TJ is handling okay. what I'm about to I'm say. Gonna, gonna go well, you've been hours. coming at me all day today. So what do you mean all, dude? This is me taking the middle key. Oh, see, okay. <laughs> Him not being able to answer if he's more pissed off about his favorite team from Philadelphia and the Sixers, yes, or more elated about his other favorite NBA team in Los Angeles mm. is not just the latest indication of just how ridiculous having two favorite NBA teams is. Okay. Let's place that aside. Stupid. The ultimate thing that makes him more upset than anything else is what I'm about to touch on. The fact that he doesn't sit here and say, I am so incredibly pissed off about the Philadelphia 76ers the, hey, the Clippers thing is great. We still got to finish that thing, but that was right. great. That was pleasant surprise, whatever. The fact that he's not sitting here and answering, spitting fire about the Philadelphia 76ers is further proof that where he's from is not East Coast. <laughs> that was a long setup there. For yes, but if he was he's East, not wrong. If he was a true bona fide East you would have came in so hot and so mad, like like, like, beyond, from the like can't even see, like, can't even see, can't even straight. see the good that happened last night to one of your favorite because teams. the Sixers went on an absolutely unprecedented right. collapse. That yes. that oh look at that up there on the screen right there the Sports Center tweet about uh, the Sixers had a ninety nine point seven percent chance to win. With two minutes to go in the third quarter. <laughs> this should make you so red hot. You didn't see me yesterday. I was heated. Well, you see, now that, uh, 
He you know what I'm saying? But here's the deal. I've been around East Coasters. I've been around East Coasters. First of all, that's Altoona's the most... not the East Coast. First, first of all, that's, that's the, the most... most... Hamlet in central, in central Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world to say because I don't come in here flailing, flailing around and I'm not an East Coaster. Two, like, yeah, maybe 10 years ago when I was younger, as I've told you many times, like, I would get so engaged in these games. I would, like, if the Cowboys lost on Sunday, I'd be mad till Wednesday. I'd be pissed. But, like, you know what? You're a better human. You're a better human. There's nothing I can do, right? I, I'm not out there shooting jumpers or, or grabbing rebounds. Or, so I just sit there and watch. Was I mad when that's. Yeah, like, I sat and stewed for 20 minutes while that Clipper game was on. I had to pause the game and I just sat there. 20 whole minutes. Yeah, because I let it go. Because what can I do about it? I'm not going to, you know, plus I'm not a hot take. I'm not going to come out here and start screaming. I don't think that's what these people want from me. Can you put that shot up one more time of uh, of the the uh, parabola, or I guess the the, See, the You're the using curve. big words, Rich. I don't put, understand. Put that curve up. You know what that so looks like? So I'm going to take them as a sign know, of disrespect. You know what that okay. looks like? That looks a little like cliffhanger from The Price is Right. <laughs> like they're yodeling and then all of a sudden going straight up. Well, if you wanted a hot take, I gave Chris one. This morning. This guy's got an amazing hot take. Why haven't you said that on the air yet? I'll say it right now. Here we go. What do you got? As much as I hate to say this, because I'm a fan of the guy and I've defended him on social media and Twitter especially. Okay. Ben Simmons, man, it's like you can't be that much of an offensive liability. I understand if you're not confident in your jumper. Fine. But when you miss that many foul shots... And guys are fouling you, doing a hack-a-shack on you with three minutes left, and we essentially have to take you out for a minute and a half just so they won't foul you, and we end up losing by three points. It's like, I don't know what you do with that. Well, at least he's got a head coach. It might be time for him to go, and it might be time to get a package going with Portland, and let's see if we could get Dame to hook up with Embiid. Guess who you could have had? Could have had James Harden. Yeah, but guess what? James Harden's hurt right now, too. So... He'd be out regardless. Wow, butterfly effect. By the way, by the way, with with all due respect, why the hell would the Blazers do anything like that? Because because well, were you you two saying the other day that he's got to go? I was pretty sure I heard that. Not me. I I haven't said that. I have not said that. Dame or Ben Simmons? Yeah, I think Dame's got to go somewhere else. He's never going to win in Portland. But I I am never and a a they'll never win there type guy. Look at the Warriors. Honestly, who would have thought? The Warriors would be a gold standard organization. Come on. Don't forget who the That's Warriors fair. used to be. That's also, fair. hold on a second. How, how are they going to ever win football games in New England? How will that ever happen? Don't forget what they were. Also fair. Okay. I mean, honestly, I, 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 I will never buy into the, they'll never win a championship there because you never know who's around the corner, who's going to get drafted and become that next Curry. But that in the next NBA, Lillard. you can see who's honestly, in front of you. I know you can say say that, and you can't sit here and say Damian Lillard will never win a championship in Portland. You just cannot say that. If he doesn't want to be there because he doesn't like management, or he wants to pull like an Aaron Rodgers or something, that makes, or he doesn't like the area anymore, or he feels he's not welcome in the town. Yeah. That's a different story. But you can't just sit there and go, "I will never win a championship here." You can't say that. Why in the world? If, if Lillard isn't putting pressure on management saying, get me the hell out of here, why in the world would they ever say, okay, yeah, you know what, it's not working here. Let's start from scratch and take a guy who won't take a shot in the playoffs and trade away the greatest shot maker maybe the playoffs has seen this century. <laughs> a guy who is just, I'm, I'm so fearless, I'll come across the timeline and hoist it and then wave bye-bye and point to my wrist and, and then walk it 
Well, again, that was never. the conversations between Chris and I yeah, because never. Chris never. said yeah. that it's time no, for Dan to go. No, I don't, I I don't believe that personally, but I do believe that it might be time for the Sixers to start exploring no. some options because you can't sure. be that much of a liability on the foul line. You can't. Three right, points so was it. So I know their coaches think, I, I can fix this guy. I mean, who would take Ben Simmons right now off this performance? At least you do have a head coach who's used to having somebody hacked all the time. Yeah. Right. He probably knows how to handle that situation best he can. But all right, TJ, so what, yeah, what, what's going on with your good news? Your good news. Our buddy John Heyman uh, a few minutes ago, Degrom saw one doctor today, no issues. Mets are sending Degrom for a second opinion as they understand the significance. But so far, a big relief. I love how Heyman's referring to him as the NL MVP favorite, which he damn straight is. I think he actually is. Four earned runs given. I mean, we're all talking about Otani being uh, he can hit and he can pitch. What about DeGrom? I know DeGrom doesn't hit home runs. By the way, Otani hit a bomb again. The uh, and, and that's Otani the reason why incredible. we are talking about Otani. But incredible. DeGrom is a guy who, you know, and the number of times that, you know, I'm, I'm watching so much more baseball Me this too. year because my sons I love it. and I, Taylor's getting a little interested in it too. By the way, she's got a hell of an arm. Oh, it's phenomenal. And so we're playing catch in the backyard, and she is just she is just firing it in there. But at any rate, um, I'm watching so much baseball. It, it, it the pitcher comes up, what a waste! What an absolute total waste. I'm an old school guy too, but it is a waste of a batter battering opportunity. Most a of, waste. Most of it's the time. terrible. Most of the time. But here comes Degrom, man. Six runs batted in, four earned runs given up. Nine outs last night, eight of them strikeouts. Holy crap. It's amazing. It's amazing. It sure is. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like Jeff's um, comparing him to Pedro. Yeah, that makes sure. sense. But also I can remember, and unfortunately because I spent a decade watching this, first of all, the Braves had a bunch of pictures, but Greg Maddox in particular, every dude. time that dude, he wasn't throwing heat like DeGrom, obviously. But it was like a masterpiece. That's because Maddox perfected the one pitch that I think is the greatest pitch by a right-handed pitcher against a left-handed hitter I've ever seen. And that's throwing it right at the left-handed hitter's hip, mm. and it zips right back on the inside corner block. And he would hit that like if you put a head of a pin on that inside corner, he would hit it 95% of the time. I mean, how many right-handed hitter? How many right-handed pitchers would say, "I got this lefty. I got this guy. I got it. And I know how to set him up, change speeds, go here, there, and then just fire in that one pitch where it looks like it's going to hit the lefty on his hip, and halfway through the lefty's bailing out <laughs> and psh, right across. I've never seen anybody. He was the best yeah. at that I have ever. Seen. And because he wasn't throwing 90, 99, it wasn't exciting oh, watching the Greg Maddox start. Right. But man, it Which was, is why beautiful. When it was Ma- beautiful to watch. When uh, the Yankees beat Maddox, and I believe that was game six of the World Series in 1996, I think Girardi hit a, hit a, hit a triple off of him in 96. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I don't know. But I remember 96, they were unbeatable. And the fact that the Yankees beat them. Boy, that had a, Girardi had to love taking two from the Yankees this weekend. Had to love it. <laughs> I got your binder right here. Gotcha. 
<laughs> which is what East Coasters say. <laughs> How dare you? U.S. Open, Rich, we got a new leader, and his name is... Let's take a break. We're back with that in a second. And Matt LaFleur has chimed in on the subject matter of Aaron Rodgers as he's out the door for the summer. That's how we come back right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's summertime. I've got this big gig on Broadway coming up, and I thought, you do. Got to hang out with my family. Got to get on. So they invite me out to do certain sporting events, throw the first pitch in a ball game. Where are you doing that? Did that in Akron, Ohio. Did a good, pretty good pitch. Then I went to Frederick, Maryland. Okay. Frederick Keys. Frederick Keys. And they Maryland. made these bobbleheads, of which this is one of. Oh my God, a Shooter McGavin bobblehead. Shooter McGavin bobblehead. Yes. <laughs> So, guys, awesome. Yeah, we, here it is. There it is. We'll have to place this in a in a very special spot here. It's pretty funny. That. He's got the guns out, double <laughs> barrels, <laughs> leading on his putter. It's pretty funny. Isn't this amazing? Did you realize when you were doing that, Happy Gilmore, that that would be something that would stick with you for the rest of your no career? No idea. I don't think anybody knows when they make a movie if it's going to you know, have legs like this. But this is almost generational now. It's because of the beauty of television. When it first came out, it was a moderate hit. But now, right. People love it and quote it. And but it's neat it's that you you own it, right? I mean, you've got a. I just read everything that's going on in your. You got a hit. You're on a hit TV show on HBO. I mean, that Broadway revival of the front page. It's gonna be massive. Holy yeah. smokes! Yeah. But you 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 own this Shooter McGavin thing. Some other actors, I think, might not do that. Um, well, me. yeah, I, I I enjoyed the movie. I was a joy working with Adam and, and Dennis Dugan. These wonderful writers and. You know, it's just Judd Apatow is a co-writer, and these guys are they're you know comedy gold. So right. to be with them and to have this movie last as long as it has, it's opened a lot of doors up for me, you know, personally and sure, and then professionally. So it's just been a gas. And did you come up with the the, the shooting? Yeah, I had no idea why they called him shooter. Nobody told me anything, so I just started making putts and going shooter. <laughs> but the, so that was your that was yeah, your call. That was my call. And that, and the very funny thing about this movie, I've told this story, but I, forgive me if I've told you before. It's but okay, go for it. End of the movie. 
You know how I hate in a, in a golf movie where they cut to the hole and the ball rolls in? I want to say, could you please let me make it? It's about a 32-footer. Mm-hmm. And it's not, on a, it's not on a golf green. It's on a botanical garden. So like, he, he, he told me he'd give me like, seven tries. And that's try five. And I lifted it out twice. But people were betting. The crew was going, damn, we got to do this. And so you see who your friend is? And when I, I put, when I put that baby in there and I did it, choke on that baby. And I just you know, did that whole shooter shimmy thing at the <laughs> That's end. Amazing. That's the one they left in the movie. And it's so freaking, <laughs> so freaking wrong. <laughs> Fantastic. By the way, I don't know if you guys watch Hacks, which is going to probably win some Emmys and be nominated for some Emmy Awards. No, he what is, is that? He is uh, uh, Gene Smart plays uh, a really longtime good. comedian oh, in... Nice. in uh, in Vegas, and I don't know the names that name of the actress off the top of my head, but it's Lorraine Newman's daughter, and she's tremendous in it, playing a writer, a younger writer. He plays the uh, the head of the casino. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> he's tremendous. Chris McDonald is tremendous in hacks. Right. It's great to see. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, eight four four two zero four Rich. All right, Christopher, finish your sentence that I cut you off to keep people through our break because I'm a lead pipe wielding professional. <laughs> what do you got over there? Chris? Oh, baby. He started on the back nine, guys. He birdied 12. He birdied 17. And he just hit a tremendous short approach into the famous 18th tap-in for birdie. Our new leader at the U.S. Open is two-time champion Brooks Kepka. Oh, baby. Let's go. Oh, baby. And that that, that leads me into this perfect promotional announcement that the 121st U.S. Open, and as we know, this is a major that forgives no one and rewards greatness. From Tory Pines, Father's Day weekend, today and throughout, the U.S. Open, uh, you could see it uh, You could see it on Peacock at 9.45 a.m. in the morning uh, on Golf Channel starting at a half an hour past noon Eastern Time, and then tonight, uh, 7 Eastern Time on NBC. That's the beauty of... Of this, I'd love major tournaments on the left coast. Prime time golf, baby. And as you know, uh, Monday is the longest day of the year. So the the we got we got yes beautiful sunsets Sun, coming up, and it's great, man. Bryson DeChambeau tees off at two forty four local. The scientist. The scientist. Your defending champion. Okay. Speaking of the Jeopardy host. Okay, I didn't know Matt LaFleur was speaking to the media today. I didn't either. Uh, I mean, uh, I guess the Packers are breaking for the summer. School's out. School's out. And the main, uh, the valedictorian is still not there. And uh, all right, these are two sound bites that I I had uh, the the crack staff of the Rich Eisen show, uh, D'Lo and uh, Smitch. They went at it. And they got these sound bites. I have not heard them. I will react to them uh, one at a time, if you will. Or uh, I don't know. Let's just uh, let's hear the first one. Uh, this is Matt Lafleur, Packers head coach. The subject of Rogers might have been uh, touched upon. What are the challenges that the uncertainty of quarterback create for you as you get ready for camp? And how much does it help to have an off season to get you ready for camp? We're excited about a training camp. We're excited about this football team. I think the character of this team is is really high i think you know the challenge is can you recreate that magic that you know we've been able to the last couple years and become a close-knit connected team with with great player leadership and um but no we're excited about just what the future could hold and um you know 
you just got to take it day by day in, in terms of everything else that's going out there and and, and control the things that you can control. And that's, uh, you know, the attitude, the how you prepare and the effort that you give on a daily basis. Control what you can control. Coaching cliche bingo. Let's go. Yeah. By the way, Belichick, you is the um, only talking about the guys that are here with Stephon Gilmore. That was when I'm sitting at my son's graduation. I'm seeing these emails that pop up every now and then, you know, and a break in the action. And I'm like, that That was the I was pining. I'm like, damn it. I can't believe I'm not on my show. And Belichick's using one of my favorite cliches. <laughs> All right, let's get the next soundbite from Matt LaFleur. I want to take it all in. So what's the point of having all these other quarterbacks if they're not going to actually get snaps or many snaps? Well, I think it's it's there's so, there's so many more components than just the 11 on 11, on 11 team drills or the 7-on-7s. Seven it's you're, you're throwing routes on air. And, um, you know, as good as – I'd like to think I could throw the ball or Luke Getze can throw the ball. You you want NFL quarterbacks throwing those to the receivers, backs, whoever it may be. So you need those arms. And I, I'm sure, like, as we get closer to training camp and, uh, you know, things could become a little bit more clear for us, you know, we, you know, we potentially could make an adjustment there. Hit it, Mike. Hit it. What were they really <laughs> thinking? Why are there all these quarterbacks here? Really? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Did you just ask me why there are all these quarterbacks here? Why are there? Why are there all? Why do you think there's all these quarterbacks here? Why do you think? You're a smart guy. You cover football. Did you watch Kenny Maine's last Sports Center? I'm not talking about him cursing the guy out. I'm talking about he's not here. Jordan Love, we're not going to make his arm fall off. We got all these players that are here. You know about camp arms. I know I'm not going to give you an answer on Aaron Rodgers other than the fact that maybe we'll make an adjustment. Yeah, here's the deal. When I mean we're making an adjustment, all these guys better not give up their job at the Home Depot because if Rodgers shows up, their asses are cut. <laughs> Is that plain enough English for you? Why we have all these quarterbacks here, Matt? I feel for Matt Lafleur. And you know, while we're just well, on the subject, no while yeah, we're on no the win. subject of just parsing everything, that Aaron Rodgers, um, DeChambeau, Brady, Mickelson, Palooza, Brian Anderson, Palooza that they they did the Zoom, the promotional yeah, yeah, Zoom, yeah, a couple days ago, and Brady tweeted out, "How many times can I make a this joke? Do you think before we play and get out of Dodge?" And it was Brady. Once again, verbalizing in front of Rodgers his initial fantastic troll job when this thing first was announced, telling DeChambeau, get used to not having a partner who's not used to going for it, right? Going for it, man. Brady goes, I think you've got a partner with that probably have liked to go for it a little more often than he has in the past. So, Bryce, I'm glad you're encouraging him to kind of go for it when it's on the line rather than just knocking it into the fairway or something like that and try to play for the next shot. And DeChambeau, you know, uh, doesn't seem to be, you know, much of the jokester. <laughs> he does not. <laughs> yeah, I'll never push anyone to do anything so he can choose whatever he wants to do. And then Rogers says, well, I usually don't get the option. In my experience, 
DeChambeau goes, that's what I mean. You'll finally have the option, Aaron. And then Brady, to the point where, again, I'm reading this on the, on the, on the screen, it got so awkward, Brady even said at the end, I know the pain. So what we're parsing everything, including the I'm offended <laughs> shirt and what he's thinking and blurring his background and all of that stuff. Every single time that I've tweeted about or sent out a video about my two cents on something that Jay Glazer said yesterday on our friend McAfee show, he still wants out. So you got James Jones saying, ah, I can fix this. Just put me in a room with everybody. And then uh, Glaze, who talks to everybody, says... He still wants out, and we're trying to see everything. I, I'll be honest with you, because, again, who the hell knows if he's really offended or he's making fun of the media that we're parsing everything like I'm about to do, but this is all we got to hang our hats on right now in the middle of June, is I first thought that I'm like, number of times that whenever I give my two cents on the subject and I read some of the comments, I read them, <laughs> and um, people are like, yeah, well, when you say he's upset with management – he loves his coaches. He said he's got nothing problem with the coaches. Well, he knows this stuff is coming from Brady. I would just suggest to my friend from Malibu slash Wisconsin slash Berkeley slash Butte College slash Chico, California, the comeback needs to be punched up a little bit because it's coming. And when I read that, I thought, like, that's a guy who's not going to play for that coach anymore. I literally thought that. I could be so far off. Admit that. I'm fully admitting that. I could be so far off. But I saw that. I'm like, wow. That com- you, know, you know that's coming. You know it's coming. And his response was essentially, yeah. I find I don't get that option. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong, Christopher. Yeah, I don't think so. No, Coach, right. you can absolutely feel free. I mean, I, I can. not wrong. I mean, honestly, I, 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 I heard that. I'm like, ah. Oh. I don't think he's playing for Green Bay. This honestly, year, like, and, and here's the problem is Brady is so on top of the world right now. What do you come back with? You know, like, uh, yeah, you know, you need a few more electrolytes on your, uh, on your humor, Tom. You already used that one. Yeah. Or, or, you know, I think you're inflating your uh, opinion of things. I don't know. He's so unbespiritual in that respect because the guy is Tom F. and Brady. But to basically say, yeah, you know, you're right. I don't get those options. I thought to myself, is this guy really done? Because this is the coach that's on the griddle every single second, getting a phone call from his buddy Kyle. Day of the draft. Hey, you know, I'm about to choose uh, uh, Trey. I'm about to go in this direction. You know, for the last six weeks, we've had this plan, but I'm ready to pitch it for your guy. If you tell, just tell me, I want to wake up tomorrow and find out Aaron Rodgers was had, and I didn't even call my friend. Uh, this is Kyle, by the way. Mm. Two things before we uh, finish up today, mm. Rich. Uh, Dolphins fans got heated yesterday at us. So fair yes. uh, equal time. Tua had six touchdowns in practice yesterday. See, 
as opposed to the five picks of the day before. You're correct. I'm glad we, we've just at least want, just want to get out. that out We didn't there. use the same intensity to use the Michael we did not, uh, Irvin phrase. But, but we are okay. mentioning it. And, and Chris, why not look at it like this? The Dolphins' defense had five yeah, picks. Yeah, That's I guess it. so. And and just breaking, uh, Naomi Osaka has withdrawn from Wimbledon. Oh, my gosh. She's going to take some personal time with friends and family and be ready for the Olympics. Oh. Okay. So she will participate in the Olympics. Correct. Well, I'm sure that'll be up for subject matter tomorrow on Friday's edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We'll tell you who our guests are. Be nice to meet on the radio. We're out of time, so go to our Twitter feed at Rich Eisen Show for that. We'll take you to Brother from Another on Peacock in a second.